0: All right, good evening. We are continuing our study in the life of Christ. Uh, we are in lesson number 46 tonight, so we keep moving along. Uh, again, lesson number 46. Uh, we were in, uh, of course, lesson 45 Sunday morning where we uh, looked at the, this lesson that dealt with uh, Herod. Uh, really, uh, you know, Herod sort of became a prominent Uh, feature in our lesson on Sunday morning, uh, because now, you know, Herod has, uh, he's (laughs) taken attention to Jesus. Uh, We noted that in Scripture, uh, there's, Herod is sort of a title, it's not really, it's not someone's name, but it's more of a title, and so there's different Herods uh, within Scripture, and we can go back to Herod, Herod, we go back to the earliest Herod mentioned, uh, in Matthew chapter two, uh, one and two, Luke chapter two, uh, during the birth of jesus, and so that 's Herod the great uh, he 's the Herod that uh, tries to have uh, you know Jesus slaughtered at a young age, who puts out the decree to you know murder all those uh, baby boys within that age group because of uh, you know of this promised messiah that 's going or, or another king that he 's worried about, and so that 's Herod the Great. Uh, most of the gospel accounts uh, when we talk about Herod we're talking about this Herod here which is Herod Antipas and uh, and he is going to play a prominent role again in the gospel accounts he's going to be there to interview Jesus uh, while he's on the cross and uh, and so that's this Herod that we're talking about and then there's another couple of Herods uh, mentioned in the book of Acts again Herod Agrippa the first and then Herod Agrippa the second and And uh, but again, we just want to make sure that we understand that the Herod that we're talking about or that we talked about on Sunday morning is was Herod uh, Antipas. And so he's the tetriarch in this area. Uh, Again, he's not very concerned about Jesus at this point, but Jesus sent out his 12 apostles to do some missionary work. And so as as they're evangelizing the area, crisscrossing, you know, throughout the region, now it's starting to get uh, his attention. Uh, Of this man, Jesus. But of course, you know, he doesn't necessarily believe that uh, who this is at first. You know, he thinks maybe it's Elijah. Maybe it's one of the prophets uh, who've come back from the dead. Or again, who who was that main character that Herod thought uh, Jesus was? Yeah, John the Baptist. Okay. And so he has John uh, put in prison. Uh, of course, uh, the reason why he hasn't put in prison is because of the preaching that, that John was doing at that time, uh, because uh, of the, the unscriptural marriage that Herod and Herodias had just uh, joined into, and so because of that, uh, John the Baptist is thrown in prison, and uh, we see that, you know, there's sort of a couple of complexities here, because uh, Herod, uh, we're told that he's sort of perplexed about John, that he enjoyed listening to John's preaching, Uh, that he knew that he was a holy and righteous man. And so uh, he gave him some uh, leniency uh, while he was in prison. Uh, You know, he could have had him executed, but he kept him alive. You know, again, maybe that was more of a political thing uh, because he knew the people would be quite upset because they saw John as a prophet and they loved John. But Herodias, uh, Herod's wife, uh, did not see the same uh, view. She held a grudge against John And we're told that, you know, she waited until that strategic day where she could act and take her revenge on John for preaching against uh, her and and Herod. And so uh, we recall, you know, Herod has that birthday party and uh, the daughter of Herodias dances for Herod and the guests there. And, of course, you know, because of that, he offers her up to half of his kingdom. And she goes back to her mother and asks, what should I ask for And she says, we want John the Baptist's head, you know, on a platter. And so uh, she goes back to Herod and makes that request. And, of course, Herod is distraught uh, because, you know, he didn't want to have John executed. Uh, Again, maybe there's going to be political backlash for doing this. But uh, he ends up reluctantly having to order John's uh, execution. So John, uh, John the Baptist is beheaded and... Then after this happens, we're told uh, the, the 12 disciples come back from their mission work and they come back to Jesus and they regroup. Uh, we're told that because of the news of John that they end up going into a secluded place. You know, maybe they just want to get out of the limelight uh, right there uh, at that time. And uh, you know, really the ultimate message that we you know, learned Sunday morning is that you, know, you, you can ignore the message or you can, you know, you can even go as far as to kill the messenger, uh, that being John the Baptist. But, uh, you know, we can't do anything to change the message, change God's word. And so, uh, Jesus and His apostles have moved on into a, a different section, and so that's where we're going to uh, continue our study uh, this evening, as we you know, we're going to be in uh, Mark's account for most of the night in Mark chapter six. Uh, Starting in verse 33, I believe this is going to be an account that's familiar to all of us, uh, and we'll we'll notice here why in a moment. Uh, But let me ask you this: Uh, It's often said that uh, you know the the church has uh, the the church has many missions, uh, and but there's sort of three broad categories that we often hear: uh, the mission of the church. Do you, do you know what those three, uh, you know, again, broad categories of the church, uh, the mission of the church are? Save
1: the laws, or the days, or whatever.
0: Yeah, so teaching slash evangelism uh, is one of those. Of
1: the poor.
0: Okay, yeah, uh, benevolence. So uh, that's going to be the second one. And the third one's a little bit tougher, maybe. The third one that we often say, it's edification, you know, encouraging, strengthening the, the body. And so uh, a lot of times, uh, you know, when you read um, literature and stuff, they'll talk about the mission of the church. It'll put it in those three pots. Again, uh, you know, teaching of, or evangelism and uh, edification and then also benevolence. Those are the three, you know, basic uh, important missions of the church. And tonight, what we're going to be talking about in this account in Mark chapter 6, is really that, that uh, pot called benevolence. Uh, benevolence. And, and uh, again, this, this account is, uh, this miracle that's going to take place is mentioned in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So what does that tell you? Very it's very important. And as a matter of fact, there's only two uh, miracles uh, of Jesus... That are recorded in all four uh, gospel accounts, uh, this one, which is, you know, the, the feeding of the 5,000. And also, does anyone want to take a guess at what the second one was? So uh, the resurrection. And uh, obviously, you, know, all four gospel uh, writers um, write about, of course, the resurrection, but here in Matthew chapter six. Uh, in in uh, Matthew chapter four, excuse me, Matthew chapter fourteen, Mark chapter six, Luke chapter nine, and John chapter six, is the account of Jesus feeding the five thousand, and so that's what we're going to focus in on this evening. And so again, trying to get the context of the miracle, uh, Jesus is at the end of his third uh, Galilean tour. You know, this is sort of the last time where he's going to be going around spreading the news, uh, healing in the regions of Galilee. Um, He's going to come back to Galilee every once in a while, but this is really his last, you know, big uh, mission work here in this area. Again, this is in Northern Israel, Galilee. And, uh, you know, and we just already record or uh, summarize this, but, you know, King Herod had just beheaded John the Baptist and Herod is now interested in what Jesus is doing and the apostles come back from their mission work. And so, uh, If you recall Sunday morning, uh, it told us that, you know, there was this great crowd that was coming to Jesus. And so Jesus and the apostles, they had to, you know, get out of the area. And so uh, it said, well, let's look at uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse uh, 31. It said, uh, and he said to them, his apostles, come away by yourselves to a secluded place and rest a while. For there were many people coming and going, and they did not even have time to eat. And they went away in the boat to a secluded place. by themselves. So uh, Jesus is extremely busy. His apostles are extremely busy. They don't even have time to eat a meal, Uh, but they are about to um, come upon another another event. You know, they're not going to have time much here to rest. And so uh, we are going to uh, read uh, Mark chapter 6. We're going to read this account in Mark's Gospel, and then we're also going to read John's Gospel because John gives us a little bit more detail uh, than uh, Matthew and Luke. And so we're going to start in Mark chapter 6 and notice what uh, Mark records starting in verse 33. It says, the, the, the people saw them going, and many recognized them and ran there together on foot from all the cities and got there ahead of them. When Jesus went ashore, he saw a large crowd. And he felt compassion for them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. When it was already quite late, his disciples came to him and said, this place is desolate and it is already quite late. Send them away so that they may go into the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered them, you give them something to eat. And they said to him, shall we go and spend 200 denarii on bread And give them something to eat? And he said to them, How many loaves do you have? Go and look. And when they found out, they said, Five and two fish. And he commanded them all to sit down by groups on the green grass. They sat down in groups of hundreds and of fifties. And he took the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up towards heaven, he blessed the food and broke the loaves, and he kept giving them to the disciples to set before them. And he divided up the two fish among them all. They all ate and were satisfied, and they picked up 12 full baskets of the broken pieces and also of the fish. There were 5,000 men who ate the loaves. So that's, that's quite a story, right? That's one that we uh, probably uh, learned in Bible class when we were young uh, because of you know, how powerful this, this miracle is, again, of how important it is, uh, being mentioned in all four of those gospel accounts, and really the focus again is on Jesus's compassion, his, his benevolent spirit, and uh, and we should uh, not forget that we have a responsibility to help, you know, others as well. You know, that's really what te- Jesus is teaching his uh, disciples here. Uh, consider, let's consider the following scriptures before we uh, reread this account in uh, John's. Account. Let's consider these scriptures. Galatians chapter 6, verse 10. If I can get my fingers to work here. Galatians chapter 6, verse 10. Paul writes, So then, while we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, and especially to those who are of the household of the faith. When we think of being benevolent, when we think of being compassionate, Paul says, while we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, to all people, especially to those of the household of faith. Uh, James chapter 1, verse 27. James has a benevolent scripture for us as well. James chapter 1, verse 27. James writes, Pure and undefiled religion in the sight of our God and Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained by the world. Right, another benevolent action command that we're given to, to visit the widows and the orphans in their distress. And then finally, one more in First John... Chapter three, verse seventeen. 1 John chapter three, verse seventeen. The apostle writes, "But whoever has the world's goods and sees his brother in need and closes his heart against him, how does the love of God abide in him?" That's a that's a pretty pretty big verse, isn't it? That uh, maybe hits hits home. Uh, But whoever has the world's goods and sees his brother in need and closes his heart against him, how does the love of God abide in him? So uh, if you would, you maybe if you want to keep your finger here in Mark chapter six, uh, I'm going to now turn to John chapter six. And we're probably going to switch back and forth between these two accounts. Uh, But uh, let's notice what John says about this account again, a little bit more detail, uh, a little bit more uh, information John chapter six, starting in verse uh, two, John writes, a large crowd followed him because they saw the signs which he was performing on those who were sick. Then Jesus went up on the mountain and there he sat down with his disciples. Now the Passover, the feast of the Jews was near. Therefore, Jesus lifting up his eyes and seeing that a large crowd was coming to him, said to Philip, where are we to buy bread so that these may eat? This he was saying to test him, for he himself knew that he was intending to do. A Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them, for everyone to receive a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, who Simon Peter's brother, said to him, there is a lad here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are these for so many people? Jesus said, have the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about 5,000, Jesus then took the loaves, and having given thanks, he distributed to them who were seated, likewise also the fish, as much as they wanted. When they were filled, he said to his disciples, gather up the leftover fragments so that nothing will be lost. So they gathered them up and filled twelve baskets with fragments from the five barley loaves, which were left over by those who had eaten. And therefore, when the people saw the sign which he had performed, they said, this is truly the prophet who has come into the world. Okay, so, uh, you know, again, same account, uh, but John gives us a little bit more detail there, and we'll, uh, we'll touch on some of those. Uh, but before we, uh, you know, talk about the compassion of Jesus, before we talk about the benevolent spirit of Jesus, um, of helping others, the scripture point us in any direction as far as uh, should everyone uh, be helped? Is there a case where maybe someone doesn't Let me point. Let me read Second uh, Thessalonians. Fingers are not working tonight. Second Thessalonians, uh, chapter three, verse ten. Uh, this is where uh, the author was going with uh, this question. It says, "For even when we were with you, we used to give you this order: if anyone is not willing to work, then he is not to eat either." And so, uh, you know, there are some situations, you know, where um, maybe it's not best that we uh, be uh, benevolent to uh, an individual, uh, especially in this context where he's talking about, you know, someone who is not willing to, to work uh, for that. But let's notice, and I'm going to skip back to Mark chapter 6. Uh, let's notice the, uh, the attitude of these people that are coming to Jesus. Uh, we just read this a little while ago, but Matthew, or Mark chapter 6 Uh, verse 33 it says you know when the people saw them going and many recognized them and ran there together on foot from all the cities and got there ahead of them and when jesus went ashore he saw a large crowd and he felt compassion for them because they were like sheep without a shepherd And he began to teach them uh, many things you know again what's the attitude of these people that you know see jesus We've got people that you know they want Jesus, right? They want to be around him. They they want to uh, see what uh, he's going to do. Now we're going to see a little bit later in verse uh, in John's account, uh, you know, the, specifically of, of these people's hearts. Uh, but you know they they are running to Jesus. Right? It's not like they're sitting back, you know, you know, hoping that somebody's going to come help them. But G- they run to Jesus. And Jesus receives the crowd. Uh, He welcomes them with compassion. Uh, He knows that they are going to have a physical need, and so he's going to help them with that. Uh, But he also knows that they have spiritual needs, and he's going to help them with that as well. Because uh, we're told that he uh, is going to teach them pretty much uh, that whole day. And so, you know, do do people today still have needs? Uh, What kind of needs do people have today? Spiritual Churches are important. Okay, yeah, spiritual needs,
1: physical
0: Physical needs, Yeah. uh, food and clothing. You know, James tells us in James chapter 2 that, you know, people still need food and clothing. Uh, We just read James chapter 1 that talked about uh, widows and orphans. They they have needs. Uh, Those who are sick. Um, Those who are bereaved. And just a whole class of other uh, categories that we could talk about. You know, people still have needs today, and you know, let's think of here in Columbia. You know, specifically, what are some you know programs or or things that we do here uh, to help uh, benevolent? Okay, food giveaway, clothing, clothing giveaway, the the food pantry. Visitations, yep, I got that on my list, too. Okay, yeah, I didn't think of that one, to, you know, offering up the, this, this building to the community for uh, blood donations. Okay, that's another one I didn't think of, the, the radio ministry. Okay, yeah.
1: You don't
0: have to be a member to attend in other words. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, I I know you know I've sort of been a little bit involved in this, but you know our youth, uh, you know, every Sunday, uh, the youth group will go and, you know, bring take meals to uh, people. Uh, and so you know, that's another great work that, that we do uh, every Sunday. Um, you know, there's some general benevolence uh, that we might do if uh, someone comes in and maybe they need a place to stay for uh, a night or two, um, or uh, missionaries. sorry, missionaries. Oh, missionaries, right? Yeah. So th- we there's a lot of programs going on here to specifically help. You know, benevolently. Uh, can we certainly do more?
1: Yeah. How much of that is physical, though, compared to
0: spiritual? All right.
1: spiritual
0: needs that people might have. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. A lot of those uh, relate to the, the physical needs uh, of individuals, but uh, you know, I, I think that's you know, along the lines is you know, this is you know why Jesus is doing this, right? Because he knows that these people have a physical need, and now he's you know, he's got you know, five thousand men. We're told uh, you know a little bit. Uh, yeah, we're probably not gonna have time to look at those verses, but. Um, I think it, Sometimes you have to make the physical needs before you need talk about the spiritual needs. Sure. Like people's physical needs need to be met first. Yeah. So uh so yeah, so uh Matthew uh Matthew's account tells us that uh there were 5,000 men along with the women and children. And so, you know, a lot of estimates are that maybe there was, you know, 10, 11, 12, maybe even up to 15,000 people here uh, when you include the women and children. And so Jesus has got a lot of people here, uh, sitting down in the grass in the hundreds and fifties, and he's going to you know be able to give them uh, you know th- this meal here. But also he's got the opportunity to teach them uh, about spiritual things, and really that that's the important thing. Uh, you know that, that that's sort of our hope when we do these benevolent acts, uh, especially to the community, uh, that you know that hey, uh, you know. That church helped me out when I was in need of food or in clothing. And so uh, maybe um, maybe I should go check them out sometime and uh, sit in a service or two. And so, you know, that's, you know, as as, uh, Tara mentioned, you know, that's uh, where we need to sometimes meet people at is helping them physically uh, first. And then, uh, of course, not forgetting the, the side where, you know, Jesus is going to teach them, and that's our role now today is, uh, you know, we're the ones that need to uh, teach them and to, uh, you know, let them know about Christ and uh, the spiritual aspect of uh, what we are trying to accomplish here. So, of course, again, you know, certainly we can do more. Um, but, you know, again, knowing uh, or we, we need to remember our priorities again, to, you know, love God and to, uh, again, love God, you know, the first commandment to treat our neighbors as ourselves, the second commandment. Uh, but we noticed when we read these verses, did you notice that the apostles, um, and the, or the disciples, uh, had some, uh, a couple excuses here and there about not being able to help. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Not enough money, not enough food. Uh, We just don't have enough. You know, another one that not specifically mentioned, but I kind of could see where this was, was back uh, in verse 31 of Mark chapter 6 when, you know, they're really tired and hungry. They can't even get a meal. You know, maybe that was an excuse that they could have used was, you know, we're just too tired uh, to help. Uh, I just want to read one quick verse in Matthew's account uh, because it mentions a couple more. Matthew chapter 14. Verse 15, Matthew writes, When it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This place is desolate, and the hour is already late, so send the crowds away that they may go into the villages and buy food for themselves. You know, it, it's a desolate place, they said, that, you know, there's no food around here. You know, there, there's an excuse uh, that they had. Uh, it's getting late, they said. You know, it's getting too late, so. Um, Again, send them away. And then that last part said, uh, send them into the villages so that they can buy food for themselves. You know, they were really saying it's their responsibility. Let them go and take care of themselves. And again, you know, I think a lot of times we can, uh, you know, see a lot of those same excuses uh, today that we might offer sometimes as well. Uh, You know, maybe we don't have the resources uh, to help or the time to help. Uh, you know, maybe we might think, well, maybe they should take care. They got into this mess. You know, sometimes we'll say that. They got into this mess, and so uh, they need to get out of it uh, themselves. Or, you know, they're not here for the right reasons. Or, you know, it's not our place to, uh, you know, pay uh, for, you know, such and such. And so, again, we see a lot of those uh, excuses as well. But, you know, what's probably the number one reason why, uh, you know, we, we might offer uh, an excuse to, to not help somebody uh, who might be in a pinch. I
1: don't realize that it's really God that so we're just using. It. That's our own alone so to speak. Okay. we don't appreciate, we think we are, then we admire. We don't have the right mindset a lot
0: of times. All right. Mike, did you have something? Lack of faith. Okay. Lack of faith. Yeah, I was thinking uh, more along the lines of, you know, maybe we've helped in the past and we've gotten burned, you know, and so uh, because we've done that once, you know, maybe we don't want to do it uh, again. We have to be good
1: stewards. Oh, Exactly. <coughs> totally on that individual or those individuals at that point.
0: Yeah.
1: And so I, I don't, I mean, if you, had, if you had hindsight to begin with, it'd be easy to make the call. So you've got to, you've got to, uh, I know what we do here, we gather as much information as we can and we make a decision. And then we take care of, you know, within our means what we do. And then if it, if it doesn't work out, if we get taken advantage of, it, it's still not going to affect us. I mean, we shouldn't. It, it's a learning experience the first time you go through it. But it didn't mean that you weren't a bad student or bad stewardship by the men or by those involved were not exercised. All right, but but it is you do experience some growth and uh and you just learn from it i mean for example if we had someone passing through that needed gas money for example we would not give them cash we've learned not to do that many 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 years ago what you do is you take them to the gas station and you fill their tank
0: Yep that money. Yeah, right. Yeah, great great points. Yeah, so um yeah. that's true. Right,
1: yeah.
0: Uh, uh yeah. So there's uh a lot of things, um again again why, why we might be a little scared, a little hesitant to uh help others, uh but I think, you know, this is you know, this is where we need to take this lesson to heart that Jesus is doing because, uh, you know, he knows these people. You know, he knows what's in their heart and he knows, uh, again, and maybe we should skip to that verse because uh, we're running out of time. But I'm going to go back to John uh, chapter six. But after you know, Jesus feeds the five thousand again and the, the women and children uh, on Sunday morning, we're going to talk about the miracle where Jesus walks on the water but then right after that, in John chapter 6, verse 26, uh, the, the crowd is back uh, with Jesus, and Jesus uh, says in verse 26, Jesus answered them and said, Truly, truly, I say to you, you seek me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. Right, uh, Jesus is mentioning here that these, uh, that You know, the people that were sitting down in that grassy area that were uh, eating the the loaves and the fishes, uh, they were there because they were being satisfied physically. And Jesus says, that's why you're seeking me. It's not because of the the sign that I did. It's not me showing the the great power that I have, that I am the Son of God. But it's because of of that physical need that I was able to provide for you. And you, you want me to do it again for you. You know, and I think that's kind of the lesson that we, uh, you know, Mike kind of talk, touched on is that, uh, you know, we learn uh, from our uh, mistakes of the past of, you know, how uh, we can help others and, you know, we learn from that and we and we build on that. So, uh, wow, well, our time is uh, going pretty fast here. Uh, I'm going to jump back. Well, I guess I'm in John chapter 6. Uh, I'm going to notice, uh, I want to notice here in verses 5 through 7 where Christ challenged Philip. Uh, again, John chapter six, starting in verse five. Therefore, Jesus, lifting up his eyes and seeing that a large crowd was coming to him, said to Philip, where are we to buy bread so that these may eat? This he was saying to test him, for he himself knew that he was intending to do. And Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them, for everyone to receive a little. So, uh, you know, Philip, uh, he was good at math, at least, uh, because, uh, you know, he probably took a good estimate of how many people were there, and they must have uh, maybe combined their money and knew that they had 200 denarii uh, between all of them. Again, a denarii, one denarii was a day's worth of wages, and so they had 200 combined uh, total. Uh, you know, that's close to half a year's worth of a salary for someone, and they, even, even with that amount, they understood that they weren't going to be able to uh, feed everyone even a little bit. And so, um, in verse 9 there, uh, you know, Jesus asked them, again, what was available? And Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, brings up this lad here who's got five barley loaves. And... You know, don't think of this as, you know, like bread in a sack that we get from the grocery store. Uh, this is more like, uh, you know, we'd probably refer to this more like crackers. And then and then the fish, the two fish, don't think of these as, you know, these two giant catches that he got. Because these were probably, you know, more like, uh, you know, anchovies. And that's what Jesus was working with, you know, crackers and anchovies. Um, wow, we, this class went by pretty quickly. Um, so... Uh, we'll uh, catch up uh, Sunday morning with our thoughts here, but appreciate all the, the, the commentary and feedback uh, this evening. Appreciate you being here.